0: Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. Today's episode marks the end of season one. To celebrate, my producer, the sound genius, Marshall Coates, and I have curated the highlights from a live recording of our Dinner and a Download Women's Networking event, which I am so excited to be able to play for you in just a moment. Before we do that, I wanted to share with you some of the lessons I learned from listening to the remarkable women in the room that evening. Attendees included physicians, attorneys, filmmakers, financial advisors, and nonprofit leaders. They came because someone they love, who they hold in high regard, invited them. We asked everyone to introduce themselves and respond to the question, what impact do you want to have on the world? The responses were so inspiring. From wanting to lead by example for their children, to unleashing the potential of others, to telling the stories of the voiceless, to curing homelessness in the city, the impact these women are seeking to have on the world will make it a much better place. Hello Health seeks to amplify their impact by helping these women sustain steep growth trajectories by deploying health as a leadership strategy. We want you to do the same. But I think it's important that I say this. Hello Health doesn't have all the answers for how you can lead a healthy life. Hard choices face all of us, and I come to you not as a paragon of virtue where health is concerned, but rather as a busy woman facing many of the same challenges you do. I have found and continue to find a wealth of wisdom when I connect with groups of women and talk about meaningful things that impact our everyday lives. The Hello Health system has three curricular components, clarity, which is what we do our best to provide you on this podcast, consistency, which is what we facilitate one-on-one in the clinic, and connectivity, which is why we host networking events. Being connected to high-flying women who are not necessarily in your natural path can be unexpectedly helpful in life, not just in your career, because many times the answer lies in the space between people. Dinner and a Download was created to provide space for professional women to build meaningful connections with other women just like them. We are all at risk for burnout when we live and work in an unsustainable way, especially one that does not allow for enough sleep, rest, and recovery. The program you are about to hear began with mingling, then we had dinner together, intentionally sitting next to someone we didn't know. The download piece of the evening centered around one of the Hello Health thinking tools, which can be downloaded from our website. In this case, we used the Health Inventory tool for sleep, rest, and recovery. So, the beginning of this live recording is me explaining the conceptual framework for the Hello Health system and our process for personal health transformation as it applies to the healing triad of sleep, rest, and recovery. Then, I facilitated a conversation that flushed out our challenges and potential solutions. <laughs> Let's talk about this. The reason it's so hard to do self-care when you know that your eyes are on the horizon and there's so much that's left to be done and there's so many people to house and there's so many people coming into the ER and there's so many fascinating people who need what you've got, but you just don't want to stop, right? But what we're up against and this happens for all of us, is the bioreserve and aging. So every single woman is dealing with her genetic predispositions, she's dealing with the environment that she's facing, she's dealing with the fact that she's got the physiologic truths of aging, and this is what it looks like. So all women, when they're in their 20s, have a high sense of energy. Pretty much, We're still building our bones, we're still building our muscles, we're still actually getting stronger, and the athletes are still getting a lot faster. When we hit our 30s, we all have to decide what we want to do about motherhood. Some of us delay, especially in the north, until into the 40s, but after 40, the reproductive years are starting to wane. And once we hit 40, we're doing the metabolic slowing thing, and anybody who has two children understands what it feels like when you've gained a couple of pounds just because you produced children. But we start to lose our lean muscle mass, and that means that our, our metab- metabolism slows down, since only one in four American women actually strength trains, unlike Terry here, who does like, amazing workouts six days a week we all have trouble actually maintaining our weight because food is so convenient. And honestly, the food environment is the number one thing that executive women like you, women who make decisions all day long, it's the number one thing that you're facing. So lean muscle mass goes down, the food environment becomes less predictable because you're traveling and you have a lot more complicated life than you did when you were 20 with high energy and all that maintain lean muscle mass no matter what you did. And then the 50s happen and the hormonal changes that come with that make us less comfortable in our own skin, it disrupts the way that we sleep, which then of course leads back to more weight gain and et cetera. So all of us are battling just physiologic truths of aging. Meanwhile, look what happens in our career, right? So right at 40, when the metabolic slowing is doing and our lives are becoming more complicated, likely in a personal way, That's when we're offered all these really cool things and where all that work from the 20s and the 30s starts to manifest itself in terms of unique opportunities that we'd really like to leverage. So what what we're up against is a very high output in terms of our career. And then where's where's the energy to actually fuel that? I didn't mention the 60s, but it's when in our 60s where we catch up with men in terms of the likelihood that we will die from a heart attack, stroke, or cancer. So what the heck are we supposed to do about it? At Hello Health we operate according to a system and this is how we conceive of it in a pictorial way. So we believe that every woman needs a systematic approach to her own self-care. The kind of energy that you're putting out into the world is not one that you necessarily can give to yourself. And we're all that way, which is why we need each other. Each woman who operates according to a system stands a much better chance of buffering against those dips in the bioreserve that you saw on the last slide. So we talk about clarity, consistency, connectivity, having the appropriate goals, having really good plans and thinking tools, and having dependable partners and companions, not just at home, but also at work. Since we spend so much of our time at work, we really have to make this possible there. Women like you spend as much as 14 hours a day working, and I don't even know about that counting as a second shift. So when it's all said and told, it's no wonder. Don't be confused why this is hard. We have three pivotal skills within the system that we teach through workshops. Run the end of one, which is essentially the ability to apply the scientific method to yourself so that you get really good data and reflections on yourself Master the Restart which is about building and rebuilding momentum because travel happened and a kid got sick and there was an extra huge thing that had to happen at work. And then enhancing our resilience which is essentially the Hello Health Stress Management program. Today we're going to sit just in the clarity component. We're going to get really, really clear. So within clarity we talk about all kinds of things that we need to get clear on. Exercise, movement, food and fuel, but what we're going to do today is just talk about the healing component. So the healing component is a third of the the curriculum that we have, and within the healing component we really have just sleep, rest, and recovery. Sleep, rest, and recovery, that's what I have to download for you in terms of a skill that we're all going to learn tonight. So we're all going to use one of our thinking tools within the dimension of how the body heals. And I think it's a really good place for us to start because you already know how to go. They never teach us how to stop. And you're never gonna get to work and then say, you look tired, why don't you go take a break? They're gonna say, you have what we need, give us more. Right? We're never taught Health 101 for like the eternally busy. right? And everything in our work environment says go. That's part of the reason why I invited you into my place of work. We can stop, we can pause, we can slow down, and we're gonna learn how tonight. The process of personal health transformation in the Hello Health system looks like this. So we're gonna move from the expectation that we should be self-recharging little batteries, prone to burnout and wondering why we're so fatigued all the time, And instead getting the right inputs onto our schedule and tonight we're going to experiment with that just in terms of sleep rest and recovery and getting the right inputs in the healing triangle that way once you start sleeping and getting great rest and feeling recovered you're going to feel a lot more grace and ease feeling clear and centered and knowing exactly how you want to arrive and show up in the world right but here's the thing, if you don't have a system and a process for maintaining that, you and I know you're gonna use all that new energy and just burn out again. So what happens is someone, a woman who feels clear and centered ends up with really high highs and really low lows because she doesn't have a process that keeps her more like here. And then finally, when we have the right output flowing into a process, we have an idealized way that we could all strive for, and that is that we have amazing career stamina, which means all of that great stuff that we want to do for the world actually manifests. So when we build out that way of thinking, this is what it looks like. Going from self-recharging to systematic. These are objectives for tonight. We already talked about the health landscape a little bit when we talked about the bioreserve and aging. We're going to use a thinking tool to assess where you really are not where you wish that you were. We're going to get really clear on how our bodies naturally use the program for healing and yeah vitamin helps but sleep rest and recovery help more. And then we're going to conduct an analysis within sleep rest and recovery. You'll compare where you are now to where you wish you were, and then you're gonna leave tonight with an act, several action steps that you can take that feels completely within reach. So the thinking tool that I have for you tonight, again, it's called the Health Inventory Tool. Just Take one of these, madame. Thank you. So read through the instructions. And what I want you to do is really resist the urge to think about how you wish the last two weeks were, and instead actually think about the last two weeks, just the last two weeks, and resist the urge to think that they weren't what you usually do because there are no more regular days. So I'm gonna let you sit with that for a little while and talk about some of the things that women in my clinic tell me all the time. They come in, they tell me they feel tired, fatigued, what's wrong with them, and I do a battery of tests, like I examine them, I'm paying attention, I do labs, I do all kinds of stuff. And then they go, I feel fine or five or six hours of sleep, even though the chief complaint is fatigue. And it's because we're just used to performing. Here's the standard, meet it, whether it costs you sleep or not, and then we expect to feel good even when we're not engaging our body's natural program. I feel fine on five or six hours of sleep. That's one of the villains of sleep. The science says, that if you lose sleep as much as 30 minutes less than seven hours, that's like you drank a glass of wine. For every 30 minutes, that's one additional glass of wine. So when you wake up feeling hungover, even though you haven't been drinking, it's because you need to sleep. There's no replacement for it yet. They keep trying to like zap the brain into consolidating sleep better. Like we're trying to circumvent this and treat ourselves like computer programs, but we already have a pretty good program. If you're one of these people who feels fine on five to six hours of sleep, I have a bet for you. Compare how you feel now to how you feel on eight hours of sleep, and then come back and tell me you don't need it. So I think that what we're not admitting is that work will expand the time available. So on one hand, we don't honor what the body can do. And on the other hand, we really do have that much to do, but we allow work to spill over, especially when our digital devices can remind us how much there is left to do. And with people who have their eyes on the horizon, it will never be enough. And no one's trained us how to take our eyes off just enough so that we can rest, so that we can sleep. So sleep or exercise sleep or exercise terry sleep or exercise <laughs>
1: okay
0: like you should sleep you should sleep so here's the thing you can exercise to the amount that you do 5 miles of running and 1 hour of sleep will give you the same health benefit go run 5 miles or go sleep for an hour you pick Whatever benefit you want, that's fine. You don't want to sleep, you want to work hard for it, that's fine. Don't have to, I mean, you know, we're so convinced that you have to work for what you get, right? You can sleep or you can go run five miles. I like to run five miles, but you know, you should sleep, you should sleep. I also get asked this all the time because Hello Health has a weight loss program, which is very popular. So I wanna lose weight, where should I start? Everyone thinks I'm gonna be like, girl, you need to hit it in the gym, you need to go, you need to become a vegan, and then, right, and what do I say? Well, you know, I really think you should start sleeping an extra hour, and that's because all the hormones that regulate willpower, appetite, and stress are improved to our advantage when we sleep. If you're trying to lose weight and you do not sleep enough, you will lose weight When you cut calories, you lose muscle mass, okay? So people go, ah, I went on this really strict diet and then I just tanked my metabolism. And they blame the diet instead of the fact that they got only six hours of sleep and cut calories, therefore tanking their metabolism by losing all of the strength that their body had to offer them. It's so wrong, but doesn't it feel right? You just have to sleep. So here's the other thing I hear all the time. You know I'm really feeling tired, I'm fatigued. And I go, you know, did you get enough sleep last night? And then they go, I'm just so down and I think I'm depressed. I just, I just, I don't know, I'm just not motivated. And I go, you know, did you get enough sleep last night? Like, this is like totally us in clinic. And then they go, you know, I'm so anxious. I just can't stop thinking. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh. And I go, could you please
1: start sleeping? <laughs>
0: We broke up into groups of three or four and discussed why we exchange health for success at work. One of the challenges that we don't quite have the solution for is the work environment. Everything in the work environment tells us to speed ahead We were never trained how to deescalate so that we can refuel and sustain high output. No one in the work environment invites you to take a break after hard work or successful completion of a deliverable. And if we want things to change, we will need to do this for each other. Another challenge mentioned by our guests was about family factors. So we worry about our spouses or our partners when they have poor sleep habits or an inability to sleep a spouse or partner with the opposite chronotype can really mess with the way that we sleep as well. And studies suggest that night owls and early birds tend to pair up. So going to bed at the same time is unlikely. Let's listen to how our attendees described these problems.
1: Okay, so we we discussed, um, our group discussed how oftentimes why we exchange health for success at work is that work rewards us for productivity. Nobody rewards us for saying, awesome, you're taking care of yourself, you're resting, you're doing whatever else. We're rewarded for saying, for doing, for achieving, for being efficient, um, all those things. And so it's really hard to say, I'm going to stop unless it's a very conscientious, conscientious effort as an individual to do that. And then when you do that, the problem is you feel like you're going against the grain of a culture that's been created. Um, So that's what we discussed. We also discussed that maybe partners play different roles um, at home, and so women might also be taking on an extra stress of feeling like they have more to do at home as well as in their professional lives. Those were some of the things we discussed. Thank you. Yeah. So I had raised a
2: similar issue about when you work in an environment where um, rest is not valued, and so if you have time to exercise, that means you probably need more work on your plate. So here, you uh-huh. need to do more work, and so it's kind of a reflection of productivity if you want to go out and exercise. Having been on both sides of that, having worked in a firm and now kind of doing my own thing, I have a different set of pressures, which is a husband who has, like I mentioned, disordered sleep, and he likes to stay up late, but. When he gets home, it's kind of like, that's his time to kind of chill out. He likes to watch TV, he likes to do everything. And that's when I like to kind of engage with him and do stuff and talk and just catch up on random stuff. But that takes me beyond 11 o'clock. And I like to be in bed before I was married. It was about 10, 15, 10 o'clock. Now I find myself up at eleven forty-five, yeah, And I don't want to be, but I also don't want to just say, okay, keep talking, I'm going to sleep. You just can't do that. So. That was my issue. We also had some physical issues that bring us up at night. We also have um, mm-hmm. just the, the, the gamut of sleep issues in my group. We had three different issues for three different women. Wow. That, yeah. yeah.
0: I think it's important for everyone to understand when it's time to get a doctor involved in a sleep problem. From my standpoint, it should be when you're investing the right amount of time in consistently getting into a restorative bed before 10 p.m., but you just don't feel restored by sleep. And here's what I said about that. So here's the thing, when sleep doesn't help, when you are able to get it, but it doesn't help you feel better, that's the time that you do need a doctor's advice weighing in. So what I mean by this is, when you don't feel restored by sleep, you are sleeping, you're, putting in, the, you're in the health column in terms of your habit, but you're not getting the benefit, that's a time that you need to talk to a doctor. But other than that, we've got a lot of other places that we could go. So to be really clear, the hallmark of sleep is being unconscious. Don't make the mistake of thinking that that lucid dreaming that we do in the 30 minutes after we close our eyes is actually sleep, right? So we're actually getting a lot less sleep than we think we are, and we need to actually be unconscious for seven hours. The hallmark of rest is the absence of productivity. And this is where I actually find this kind of group of women has the most Difficulty. So not turning on the TV to unwind. Not checking email to unwind. Not using alcohol or CBD oil or whatever it is that we're using to force us to calm down because we haven't been taught how to do that. And then finally, we don't even know what recovery is because we haven't been recovered for a long time. We weren't taught how to identify it. But essentially, it's like this extra well of energy that helps you feel like you're ready to go for the next thing that it's not fatiguing to take on one more thing like you know that you are not recovered when you're like one more thing and you just think that oh my gosh like that's gonna make this whole thing fall over right so that's what I mean about being really clear about how we think and distinguish the amount of time we're allowing ourselves for rest and rejuvenation so now you're like okay I'm definitely gonna get some better sleep how the heck do I do it The first thing to do is to build rest into your day. So you can't say, all right, now sleep. (laughs) Or maybe you can, which is cool, but uh, you know. (laughs) What I really want you to do is to put 30 minutes onto your calendar. So I literally want you to get out your iPad or your calendar or your phone. And I want you to decide when you're going to stop the computer, stop the work. And the number one thing I could ask you to do to help your mind do that, is literally close the computer, grab a notepad, and write down the single best thing you did that day. So you're shifting from all the stuff that there is to do to what I actually got done. Because I bet you, if you did that, you did something great today. Like something that's worth noticing and going, whoa, that got done. Once you do that for like seven days, you're like, I'm even awesomer than that. It's more than one awesome thing I did. Like not just awesome, the single most important, when you try to rifle through, what happens is there's a catalog of successes and it helps you shift from having your eyes on what's left to do to wow, look at all this stuff got done. I really deserve some rest. You deserve it then. So we talk about going out and earning the day. I would like you to, once you've earned it, record that so that you can go earn it again the next day, right? You earn it, oh, I earned it, give me the payment, (laughs) right? What is that? Once you've gotten to the end of the month, you'll have a list of at least 30 things that you did. When you're reading it, 30, you know, it only takes you five minutes to read through, and you're just like, I totally deserve this rest, I totally deserve a break, and if work asks me about it, I'm gonna be like, boom, right? It's really helpful, it shifts your mindset, It helps you write, it helps you slow down. Before you do the thing you're gonna go do for 30 minutes at the end of your day, that is not producing anything for anyone, whether that's paid or unpaid. What are you gonna do instead? You are going to take a bubble bath, you are going to read for pleasure, you are going to listen to soft music, meditate if that's what you like, write in a gratitude journal. Doesn't that sound enjoy, this does, doesn't it sound enjoyable? Like the stuff that's enjoyable, where you're focusing and you're present, but you're not producing for anyone other than yourself. Then finally, I got some great questions from our audience. Let me play a few of those for you. Yeah. So on the last row, it talks about sleep recovery. Yeah. So I thought I had heard that you can't ever catch up. Oh no, no. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you could recover? Oh. All right, recovery sleep. There are two p- modes of thinking around recovery sleep. Um, one is that you can never, like, once you lose it and you didn't sleep that day, you can never get it back. And, and that's true. But what I mean by recovery is, For the traveler, for example, we have good evidence that suggests that you get worse sleep, more superficial sleep on the first night that you're outside of your own habitat, like your own bedroom, right? So you should think about the fact that you're not going to actually sleep that well and compensate by trying to go to bed even earlier the next day. So when you do that, you actually end up noticing the difference in your personal energy level and your body's ability to cope with everything. You'll get sick less often. So we have good evidence that suggests that if you're cognizant of getting only six hours, if you get eight the next night and the next night after that, that you end up not falling ill, right? So how how to cope with that and be strategic about getting recovery sleep. So if you're not using that method, then you've got one tool in your basket where it's just about planning and being aware of how you honor sleep. When we were talking about um, the rest time before we go to sleep, Mm -hmm. everything you mentioned was solitary. Does Mm -hmm. it have to be solitary? For instance, Um, I like to play backgammon before I go to sleep at night, but that requires another person, and we don't do it on a screen. We actually have a board. Would that count as rest, or does it really have to be... By yourself. Gosh, playing a game, hi, been, I'm gonna add that to my catalog of restful unproductivity. It adds so much connectivity, and there's a snuggle partner on the other end of that. It sounds like really good rest. <laughs> yeah, hello. Play a game, put that on your schedule. <laughs> a board game, people, a board game. Not a video game, not the Wii right like that's I think that's what's really important about that but um so it doesn't give you the green. you don't want to do it on a a computer screen because of the blue light right but I think that talking with your spouse should count as a restful activity, as long as you're not talking about why no one else is sleeping because he's not taking on the burden of the responsibility that he should. <laughs> so if you're just chit-chatting about the day and you're, you're getting along, I think that it's restful. And, and if it's uh, not good for both of you, then it's not. So I could see two sides of that coin. Um, I'm gonna put play Candyland on, on my schedule just for kicks. <laughs>
1: So, I am very guilty of hitting snooze multiple times before I wake up and oftentimes I will set my alarm for earlier than I need to actually wake up knowing that I will hit snooze 2 to 3 times. And I'm sure that is not good for me. <laughs> so, I'd love your thoughts on
0: that. So, before you before you leave. Why why do you do it if you're sure it's not good for you?
1: I guess because I love the way my bed feels in the morning, and so I'm not quite ready to get out of it.
0: Yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. Okay,
1: so it's really bad for you. Would
0: you like to know how bad? Yes. So you're taking your heart, which is at this like super nice, restful, slow rhythm that's in sync with your lungs and your brain is like super snoozy and happy about it because it doesn't want to come back up. So it's nice and down there. And when your alarm goes off, you like shock the heart and it's (laughs) like, so it goes like, you know, a huge surge of adrenaline to speed it up from this super peaceful place. And you know, here's the thing, our bodies don't actually like unpredictable stuff and we only understand when we're in sleep that we're not safe right we're meant to sleep in packs right like we're pack animals and you know that's the reason that there's chronotypes in sleep right so that some can be up and some can be you know so usually you'll find like the night owls and the early birds they're like together right so like julia was mentioning her husband's up and she's the one who likes to be in bed right so they're like it's it's, really good for the species, for there to be a night watch. It's really good for the species, for there to be a dawn watch. As long as they sleep together. So the last thing anybody wants to know is loud noises when we're all supposed to be asleep and someone's supposed to wake us up nicely and like, hey, it's time to go, right? Please stop doing that. (laughs) That's what I needed to hear. (laughs) (laughs) But to your point, the other point you made was really a good one, and it is that It's not just at the end of the day where we need the rest, right? We're not light switches. We're not supposed to go on and off or off to on. So sleep latency happens both when you're falling asleep and when you're coming out of sleep and you enjoy the restfulness and the peacefulness of sleep latency on the other side and you won't wanna miss it. So I would suggest that you go to bed about an hour earlier than you currently do so that you don't need an alarm eventually. Is a gentle alarm better? I mean, I know we want to get to the place where we don't need the alarm because right. we've gotten our rest and our body says, hey, yeah. morning. Yeah. But so is a gentle alarm better or one of those things that the light starts coming into the room at a certain yeah. time? I mean, is there anything until we get to that place? Yeah, so I would... I strongly recommend that you wake up to a sound that you like, so even if it's a sound machine playing the birds coming in or like crickets or a natural sound, um, my spouse and I take turns being the one who's gonna wake up so, you know, who's got the thing that goes zzz, and it's just like a touching thing it goes zzz, and then one gets up for the coffee and I know that we're rested or not based on how many cups of coffee we drink. So I'm not actually holding myself up as a paragon of virtue, I'm holding myself up as someone who's striving and working at this each, each and every day. You know, I do have young children that wake me up and I do feel the difference in fatigue and I do want to recover from it, and I know that without intentionality, I stand no chance. So I, I also struggle, and there's so many more enjoyable ways for us to all be healthy, and we should try that. Um, I actually think what we should do is, so it's funny, because we need the blackout curtains to, be, to go to sleep, but if you're willing to share the responsibility, if you, if you co-sleep, op- have somebody just open up the blinds and the light will wake you up and that's so light versus sound i would say is better for our brains i don't have a, that's me like super extending the evidence that's just that's a lot of opinion there so you all have been so fun tonight thank you for this was just a really great group the of women talking and trying to help other each other practice your- good self care I will say that one thing we were all surprised by is the sheer number of things about being alive that require skill development. Being able to rest, in fact, requires several skills that can be learned, practiced, and mastered. Resting has a set of skills and practices that are helpful. Here are some key takeaways from our conversation. First, set aside time each day to rest. And second, rest should happen for you as a bookend to sleep, so both at the end of the day and at the beginning. We came to a group understanding that one of the reasons we all need calming practices is that American work culture removes all signals and stimuli that help us de-escalate from the day. While we are taught how to be efficient and productive, we are not taught how to rest and restore We were all clear that rest and recovery is the part of our time investment that protects the most important asset and enhances our productive capacities. If you attended dinner and a download, I just want to thank you again for being part of that really fun group. I joked with the group that it's hard to talk about sleep without putting people to sleep, especially after a long work day, but I left there feeling energized and inspired. If you weren't able to attend Dinner and a Download this time around, don't worry. We plan to host again in February. To be notified when tickets go on sale, please just follow me, Carmen Mohan, on Eventbrite. Or you can find us directly at our website, www.dinnerandadownload.com. Moving forward, Hello Health will work to bring you the best practices for dealing with health challenges we all face. It's the potential solutions part in which I am most interested. We're going to take a break here heading into the holiday season, but don't worry, we'll be back in January for Season 2, where we will continue to share with all listeners of this podcast techniques and strategies that have proven useful. Thank you so much for listening. If you like Hello Health today, please rate and review us. Share our link with others you think would also enjoy. We wish you many happy Zs and plenty of rest and recovery. Until next time, remember, today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.